Hey everybody, welcome to yet another bonus episode. I'm just going to start us off talking about cannibalism, shall I? <laughs> Good start. Won't I? Like I? Uh, it turns out the Bible talks about cannibalism a lot. A lot more does. than you would expect. A lot more than I ever remembered, quite honestly. I didn't have okay. any kind of recollection of the Bible mentioning cannibalism whatsoever. But yeah, so... well. There's a little bit of debate. Something they don't teach you in Sunday school. Yeah, surprisingly yeah. so. Uh, there is that a little bit. the name of this show. Stuff they don't teach Something you in Sunday school. Something they don't teach you in Bible school. In Sunday Bible oh, school. yeah. That's like just for our bonus episodes. Mm, that's uh, like that. for our bonus okay. episodes. Yeah. That's the title. Love it. Like a yeah. mini series. Yeah. Okay. Well. Something they don't teach you in Bible school, <laughs> Bible Sunday, Sunday school, school yeah. Bible Sunday school, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Definitely mm-hmm. cannibalism. Yeah. yeah so there, um, there's some debate over these verses where, where basically the debate is, was this just a curse and just a scare tactic to make sure that the Israelites stay in line? Or was this referencing something that actually happened back then? Like would mm. there, well, was it? Well, there's debate, right? You know, there are some people who think that, yeah, it is quite possible that a famine or a siege could have been so bad that someone resorted to cannibalism or to like eating their own children or something really terrible like that. Um, uh-huh. I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure it's happened. It's not a pleasant thing to think about. Um, Other people, uh, I guess a slightly less horrifying interpretation is some people think that it refers to wealthier families that would maybe just marry off all their kids for the sake of just getting the money for for it. Like marrying off their daughters just for the sake of getting a bride Mm. price or something like that. And so that Mm. was kind of the quote unquote like cannibalizing or eating of their children, essentially kind of selling them off or selling them off into slavery or things like that. In a metaphorical okay. sense. In a metaphorical a sense. A metaphorical cab- cannibalism, okay. <laughs> sure, or <laughs> yes. or it could be real cannibalism. We don't know. Um, Weird. Now, this, did, this line of research did lead me to a blog from 2012 where it sounds like this uh, evangelical pastor made this blog called The Whole Dang Thing. <laughs> Where he was gonna okay. holding, he was gonna blog blog reading the whole dang thing, the whole dang Bible, just like we uh, we are. Okay. Um. Wow. So I got kind of excited. I was like, oh, I wonder how he did. And it's interesting. His blog on specifically this chapter, he calls it the scariest chapter in the Bible. Oh wow! <laughs> and okay. mentions it. that it's a it's a ratio of fourteen pleasant verses to fifty four unpleasant verses. Yeah, uh, that, well, I'd say that's about right. Yeah. That's just his estimation based on the books of the bible that he did read because he only made it to first samuel what i did check he yeah the blog ended in 2013 he made it to first samuel i checked out well, his he twitter didn't even read it to revelations or anything well, <laughs> that, he, that would be the end, whole thing yeah <laughs> according to his twitter he, he didn't even get there according to his twitter he is now hashtag exvangelical so, oh, so that's the that. club. we should have him on <laughs> oh yeah you're right probably should, should actually, actually. That would that would be be good. too bad <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's interesting. So I wonder if there's something in first Samuel that's going to make us go off this whole project or, or what, but, but yeah, I think we're in it for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do it. We're going to, you know what? Because there's three of us and when three or more gathered to, to read the Bible, they do. It's true. This would be a hard undertaking just by yourself. I you know, and just reading it and trying to be funny and drinking. I don't think he was trying and to then be being funny, like, yeah, though. was that funny? No, he wasn't even trying to be funny. He was just trying to, um, 
like he was really trying to analyze and get through it, you know, and and understand. And it's not fun at all. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought too. So, all right. Well, I have a slightly less interesting or like (laughs) tasty thing to talk about. I don't know. No, uh, less tasty. Okay. Less tasty tasty than cannibalism. So what is it? Adma and Zeboim. So, okay. I just, I, I thought that they were people, but according to the Bible, Adma was one of the five cities of the Vale of Siddim. It was destroyed along with Sodom and Gomorrah. And Zeboim was one of the five cities of the plain. Cool. And, oh. and they were all destroyed with them, with Sodom and Gomorrah? So they were, looks, part of, they were part of Sodom and Gomorrah. I guess they were like around there. Wow. The town is mentioned figuratively in the Bible in Deuteronomy in the book of Hosea, or and huh. the book of De- Hosea, so figuratively. So that's the first time that we've, that we've really heard of them. Yeah. I know, I agree. Sodom and Gomorrah are two of the five cities of the plan. Zeboim is one of the five cities of the plan. And Zora is one of the five cities of the plan. So that's it. Yeah. Of so is the, it was destroyed along with Sodom and Gomorrah. So it says that we don't know where the location is in real life. Cool. I see. It's weird though because the way it was mentioned in this sounds like this is a whole other incident that happened. But instead it's like, no, they all got destroyed at the same time. So that's yeah. kind of that's that's weird, huh? Yeah, really I know. fascinating. I, and I guess we did. I'm not entirely certain. We did theorize that that might have been like a volcano or something, right? With the brimstone mm. from the sky. So I guess it would make yeah. sense that a lot of cities could have been affected by that. That's Definitely. true. And I mean, we're talking like what, like townships, uh, suburbs yeah, around the main Sodom and Gomorrah. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess I'm not sure. We don't really have a sense for how big these cities were at the time, huh? No, indeed. And I do have stuff about, on the secret things. Oh, what are the secret things? Oh, right at the what end. What kind of secret things? <laughs> but I can't well, tell okay. you because. <laughs> so, yeah, those secret things at the end of Deuteronomy 29. What is it, What did we say? The secret things belong to Yahweh our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. So that I, I was able to like through my reading, figure out what the hell that meant a little bit more. But basically, so, okay, this talks, this does talk about the book of Job here. This is the fundamental message of the book of Job in the Babylonian poem, Ludel Bel Nemchi, both of which depict protagonists suffering without knowledge of the deity's reasons for it. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. There were more to divine secrets than the gods' prerogatives and knowledge of the future. Uh, comprehensive understanding of the created or- created order was also considered the exclusive possession of the, divini- the divinity. This is why the series of questions about creation in Job 38 to 39 so effectively put Job in his place. At the time, humans could not possibly have known the answers to such questions. Only gods could. So, huh. apparently... What was once a divine secret could be revealed, which will happen eventually, but a dream could convey what what was previously known only to a god, which happened in Genesis and will happen in Dan. Prophets entered Yahweh's secret council and then proclaimed what they heard people see. And then sometimes Yahweh appeared in person, they're shrouded, to speak directly to people in an audible voice, which... Happened, I guess, in Deuteronomy 5, 22, Job 38, 1, and Job 46. 
In the late biblical right. and second temple traditions, a few humans were even granted a tour of the heavens where they learned cr- cosmologic cosmolol cosmological <laughs> secrets. So, though the wow. biblical de- yeah, though the biblical deity has secrets, he seems to have prided himself in the open access revelation, whereas Babylonian scribal elites guarded divine knowledge after its revelation as their exclusive possession, their secrets of the gods. There we are. Wow. So just hanging on to these very special divine secrets. Yeah. Wow. I guess so. That's, so this, this is not what I looked up, but that just reminded me of this uh, YouTube channel that I came across last week called Digital Hammurabi. It's also just a cute name. Oh, like the Hammurabi's Code? Yeah. Code yeah. um, of Hammurabi. Most really. of the channel is about understanding like cuneiform and ancient writing systems and language and stuff like that. But they do have a little bit of a, like a, a few episodes that are like cutely animated and stuff that are talking about the Bible and comparing it to other historical texts. And oh. there's one where they were talking about... Um how a lot of people will accuse the Bible of plagiarism when it, oh, when it comes wow. to stories like Noah's Ark, where you can find Canaanite or um, Hindu stories that are basically almost exactly the same in places, even word for word with like sending out the wow. dove and then like the other kind of bird or, you know, whatever it is like very much the same. Um, and basically that in this uh, she's making the case that it's not plagiarism but it's more like, um, not quite like parody, but like a commentary. And so she points out how it's like the story might be the same, but like the ending and the morals that come out of it are different. So I'm curious about that thing with like Job and the other story. You said it was Sumerian or Canaanite or where where Uh, was it from? Whatever it was. That other story, I wonder if there's a similar thing. It was Babylonian. Okay. Babylonian poem, Lold Bell Nemchi Nimikwai. <laughs> that one, right. you know. N E M E Q I. Nimikwai. Yeah. So, so yeah. like, like in this example here with Noah's Ark, that in the, I think it was Canaanite, but in the Canaanite story, basically it goes that one of the gods, because there are several, one of the gods is like, I think humans suck. I'm going to do this flood, kill them all. And this other mischievous God is like, "Mm -mm -mm, I'm going to go tell one of them to save his family and build this ark. And then after the flood is done is when they kind of get cursed with the like land isn't going to be as responsive to you. And like the stuff that we get in the Adam and Eve story of like, life's going to be hard for you now, which is a very different sort of, message and conclusion from the biblical story, which is that God both does the destroying, but also the saving. And then at the end gives the like promise of, I'm not going to do that again. So it's kind of like this idea of, we took that mythology and this story of this thing that people believe happened and maybe did something like it did happen, but we're going to put a different meaning to it. And so it's interesting. So it's intertextuality and not plagiarism. Anyway, sorry for that tangent, but that I just, it, the Job thing reminded me of that. I wonder if there's a similar yeah. thing where it's like key details might be a little different. Well, I think that they were saying that like there are multiple, there are multiple uh, like 
texts out there which depict protagonists suffering without the mm-hmm. knowledge of the deity's mm-hmm. reason for it. Right. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. So it's not necessarily the same story happening multiple times, but just that mm-hmm. there are multiple stories where there are suffering protagonists who have no idea where they're suffering. Mm-hmm. Right. What a theme. What a recurring To theme. me, I'm like... I don't know. God didn't really know either. It was just like having fun with his plaything Job. That's what it felt like to me, but maybe I'm wrong here. Well, if you think about an ancient people, it makes sense that, like I said, if you were brought up with this belief that like good things happen to good people. And then as soon as you see that not happening, it's like, wait a minute, I don't understand. And so yeah. you're going to write stories and you're going to philosophize you about it. Be you like, we don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so the th- thing I looked up for this one actually comes from a tweet that we got tweet that was addressed specifically to me uh, ah. saying that uh, when I say the word Yahweh that I will often put a Yahweh I'll put a little little aspiration on the H and they were saying I'm I don't like do you do that for a reason because as far as I know mm. the word Yahweh in Hebrew doesn't have a volular doesn't have a huh um, sound huh. on that and I was like, you know, I'm sure you're right. I have no idea what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, but you don't you don't tend to pronounce it with a yach way. You just kind of aspirate a little bit. Right. He aspirates, but he also has like a glottal stop there. <laughs> well, yeah. well, not quite. Not yeah. a glottal stop, but... Yeah. Way. Not really, but now it's like a... <laughs> yeah. Apparently way. I choke every time I say it. Um, yeah, but... Uh, no, so I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm sure you're right, but now I'm curious about it. So I went down a rabbit hole of kind of researching that, uh, being like, how, how is this pronounced? What What's the deal? And I found um, an actually a really cool YouTube video from a guy named Jeff Benner, um, who's a Hebrew scholar, and um, does this whole thing breaking down like the grammatical rules for how names are pronounced, but also essentially at the end of the thing comes away with this idea that unfortunately, until we discover Moses's lost tape recorder, we will never know. (laughs) Still on the hunt for that one. (laughs) Yeah, still looking. We'll never know exactly the rules of how they pronounce things at that time, but based on how Hebrew has evolved through the ages and what historical evidence we do know, we can sort of surmise things and probably eliminate some certain options and things like that. And from this video, I learned a lot of interesting things. One is that um, we should have picked up on this so far in the Bible, but all names in Hebrew are words. Like there are no names that are just a name. All of them are nouns or verbs. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Or sometimes a combination of them. So, huh. for example, the name, uh, who was it? Uh, Jacob, right? Yeah. Jacob and Esau. Yeah. That Yaakob, or whatever his name is, Yaakob, uh, is actually a verb and a noun, which is to grasp the heel, which we remember that was the story oh, of him yeah. being born. He was grasping after Esau's heel, and so he was named Jacob. And we're like, what? <laughs> but that's because it literally just means uh, to grasp the heel, right? Okay. Um, so one thing it helps us know is that Yahweh is a, is a word, right? It has to be a word that exists in Hebrew. And the, the word is hue, which means to exist. Uh, and hmm. then the, the letter yod at the beginning of it means that it's he. 
So it's he, he exists. He is. So that's um, the whole like, I am. It's, it's like the I am that I am. I am yeah. that I am. It's that his name is, he is, that he exists. I am, um, he is. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. So anyway, that, that I just thought was interesting. But then also from, so in Hebrew, there's four letters in the word Yahweh, which is yud He wah He are the four letters. So Yud is the Y is how we write it in English letters. Uh, he is H, Wa is a W and H, and then He is the other H, <laughs> right? So Yod He, Wa He. Uh, so like Hebrew scholars will call it Yud, yud He, Wa He, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, but basically the Yud and the uh, Wa, kind of like in English with Ys and Ws can either be consonants or vowels mm, depending on right. how they're used. Like a W at the right. end of like bow is a vowel sound, but at the beginning of like wow, it's a consonant sound or a Y, you know, and yes is different from a hey or something like that. So, um, but because of the way that they're positioned here, neither of them can be vowels. They have to be the beginnings of syllables. So we know that it has to be a y at the beginning and we know that there has to be a w later on, that it, it can't be a who. So the yahua being a potential pronunciation for Yahweh is no good. That one, that one's no good according to these grammar rules. Um, however, it can either be two syllables, one that begins with y and ends with h, and then the second one begins with w and ends with h, or it can be two syllables that's y, h, and then the w at the end. So it could either be like Yehua, or it could be Yahweh or Yiwa or various things, because we don't know what the vowels are that go with it. Um, so there's a bunch of different huh. potential pronunciations, but in the ones where the H does end the first syllable, there is kind of a little bit of an H sound, not a H. So if, if you ever do that, that's no good. That's wrong, because that's a different sound in the Hebrew alphabet. But it is there's maybe potentially a little bit of a So maybe I wasn't as wrong yeah. as I thought I was yeah. <laughs> by pronouncing yeah. that H. Way. Uh, right. Yeah, but it was it was interesting though to learn that basically like that it could be Yiwe or Yahawa or Yehewa or Yehoa, which is where Yehovah comes from. Yehovah mm. is an option, but there's like a bunch of different ways that it could be pronounced. Jehovah starts with an I. <laughs> yes, or a Yud in this case. Yeah, uh, classic. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, if we want to start calling it Yudhewahe to be extra you know intellectual about it we could do that extra extra super, basically super extra. <laughs> yeah 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 anyway that's what i got about yahweh i went down this long spent a while researching that after that tweet because i was just like now i want to know you just couldn't Love go to it. sleep just couldn't let Love it go it. i know i also started like a course on learning the whole hebrew alphabet i don't why would you do that you should, but why would you do that I, i'm not why would you do that don't you have other things to do I do that was the problem i ran into is i just had other things to do and i'm just like i don't have time to to memorize all these letters yeah i'm still trying to it's, learn the 2000 kan kanji characters that are used in japanese the most so yeah exactly <laughs> Don't have time for 40 more letters. Well, that was a fun time. We learned a lot this week. Um, again, not quite sure what's going to happen next week, but we only have really this time two more episodes for Deuteronomy, which is, you know, 
it's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've been in a different book. So I'm looking forward to finishing this up. And, uh, you know, we'll have more more to come by the end of the year. More more episodes, more fun times. So we will see you all next week. <laughs>